0: Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today, we are talking about five steps to building an online offering. I'm Dale Sowerbottom, joined by my co-host... Kyle Wood. Kyle Wood. Welcome back, great man. Now, guys, before we start today... What we would love, we love our podcast and the impact it's having, but we'd like to reach more people. So if you could go onto iTunes and leave a five-star review, that would be the nicest, kindest thing you could do for us today. We'd really appreciate it because we are doing this to help more trainers and more people improve their business and not only the business, but the quality of life you live by running a business where you're not just running yourself into the ground and, and burning the candle at both ends. So if you could leave a positive review and, and just sh- basically tell us what the podcast has meant to you or how it's helped your business or different things, that's great as well because then we can use that for future episodes. So um, that would be an amazing thing to do. If you want to pause right now and go and do that, we would love it. How have you been, mate?
1: I've been very well, thank you. Uh how are you going?
0: Good mate. I lucky people can't see you I've, I've got uh, big bags underneath my eyes, uh, renovating a bathroom. And uh, so my dad came over on Friday. He's been, dad's like a builder, a plaster, a plumber. He does it all. Anyway, he rocked over on Friday afternoon and I thought, ah, oh, that will be fine. You know, we'll do three or four hours and like we would have been done. Anyway, Monday night at 7.30, I was still painting and the whole weekend. So <laughs> it was great though. I It was really nice to spend that time with my dad and also just to forget about all business stuff and sort of probably the stress yeah. and pressure of financial from Corona and all different things like that. And yeah. you know what, just, just work and just yeah. learn new things. And it was very fascinating. I, I really enjoyed it. So still not done yep. yet, mate. We've got a big hole in our bedroom, which <laughs> I find quite <laughs> funny, but uh, Brie doesn't. But uh, Brie anyway, mate, <laughs> she doesn't really like it. She reckons something's going to come yeah. out of it. But uh, uh. <laughs> anyway, so that's, yeah, that's what I've been up to, mate.
1: You're nesting. It's, yeah, now the baby's on the way. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. So,
0: it's really cold too. So, um, I actually like it in there because there's, there's no heating. There's holes in the floor still. So, I <laughs> sleep really well, but she's freezing. So, anyway, you, you'd know this better than anyone, yeah, mate. I like the <laughs> yeah, I like a cold
1: room. Yeah, uh, I do too. But you're, you're meant to be in Bali at the moment, aren't you, running I, I am. retreats? And mm. it's just that, Ah, oh, that's just... Yeah, so how are you feeling about that? Uh, I know we're meant to be talking about this other stuff, but it's good. Yeah, I think it's mm.
0: important to talk about this. And I suppose for me it's yeah, yeah, I'd like to be in Bali right now because it's so nice this time of year, you skate in Melbourne winter. But uh, this was the third year of running retreats and we'd finally we had three locked in and like we had yeah, a lot well. of interest. And you know, the last couple of years we've lost a lot of money setting up a business, which you do, and this was going to be it. Um and probably more so than that. After these, the first retreat, then I was going to the states for three months speaking. Then I was going to mm. Europe. Then I was going to UAE. Then back through Asia and a couple in between. I was going to pop back in Indian, Indonesia and Bali. Um, so I'd like a six month speaking world tour booked in. And for me, it's just a disappointment of yeah. you know all that work setting it up and then not actually being able to do it. And yeah. I really feed off people's energy, and I was so looking forward to it. So yeah. I don't know. I, I don't. I'm getting time to do other things, which I wouldn't have, and um, which which I'm very grateful for. But it also, I don't know. The bit bit disappointed, mate, I was, yeah. that I don't get to do that or have the impact on people and meet new people, and because that's yeah. what essentially what it's all about. So yeah, that's that's sort of where I've been, and it, it, it has been hard, mate, finding ways to try and stay sort of positive through all this because you're like, it's not fair. But again, everybody's going through the same thing. That coronavirus has affected people in different ways, um, and everybody's affected by it. So, um, yeah, mate, that's that's sort of where I'm at. But I am I'm over that now. I was I was last week when I was supposed to be flying to Bali. I was pretty down. Um, uh, I was looking yeah. forward to having a bing tang around the pool. But uh, <laughs> 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 no, we're all good, mate. We're all good. How have you been?
1: There'll probably be a, a few moments like that, I imagine. Yeah, I've been in a bit of a a slump the last week as well. I don't know if it was the weather turning or what. It was just had a a bit of a rage against the machine, you know, moment where set up this wonderful routine for me. And then I was like, I couldn't stand my routine. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I was doing everything to escape it. So, um, yeah, that's been, yeah, that's been different. But, yeah, I also feel like uh, upswing on that, I've like re-embraced it again. And, um, I think maybe that was part of it was that I was starting to like slip up a bit on the routine and let bits of it sort of go. And that gave me less of a sense of purpose each day. And I think yeah, that sense of purpose is really important. So like getting back on the routine is like helped me, um, with that. Yeah.
0: I think, uh, the main thing is we're all human though and we do slip up, but it's about how you react to that and you don't beat yourself up, you know. And I think as human beings, we do that a lot, you know. Oh, I should have done that. I shouldn't have missed that. And we're so we talk to ourselves like we'd talk to nobody else. Um, and it just comes back to being kind. We do make mistakes, but then it's about right, new day, new opportunity to start again. And that's how I've looked at it, and probably similar to yourself that yeah, it's good to be down. It's good to miss these things. But then, all right, sit in it, figure out a way to overcome it and find positives in whatever you're doing. And I know I probably I wouldn't have been doing this podcast with you now um, if that had been the fact. And different mm-hmm. things we're planning to do this year because we can do that now because my schedule's allowing it. These ideas that we've had for a while, um, you know, so there are a lot of positives that come when you allow yourself to find those. But sometimes it's hard to see through the smoke and the smog, I suppose.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. That was a good check-in. It was good. Should we I... have a chat Chat about uh, today's episode?
0: <laughs> we should get to that, mate, I or... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Uh So, I'll give people a little summary. So, today, yeah, we we're going to walk you through uh, the five steps to creating an online offering. So, we know a lot of you coming out of this, having run a lot of stuff online, you're now starting to see the power of running things online and how you can leverage your time a lot better uh so we want to just walk you guys through if you are wanting to maybe take the classes you've been recording and put them into a package or you're wanting to make an online sort of portal for your your clients to come hang out and get more information from you between sessions Uh, whatever it is uh we want to Dale and I have been doing this for a long time, so we want to take you through sort of the five steps we follow to uh, create a new offering and get people to sign up to it.
0: Cool. I love that, mate. All right. Do you want to start? So, first point.
1: Yeah. So, the first first thing first is really to work out what is the problem you're trying to solve and does anyone care that you're trying to solve it? (laughs) I think so. So I'll just say one thing on this. Like so often we get this, this idea, you know, I love shower ideas. I'll be in the shower. This, idea company, like, this is the most amazing idea. And I'll be like thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. And then I'll go downstairs, tell Zoe about it. And she'll ask like one question that just makes the whole, I, this perfect idea just falls apart. <laughs> and you're like, and I'm like oh. damn it. <laughs> My idea wasn't as good as I thought. Uh yeah, so I don't, I don't know if you've had that experience, Dale.
0: Yeah, I, all the time, mate. I come up with a million yeah. ideas a day and yeah. um, I've been a lot better at refining them now. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I suppose also figuring out ways, is that going to help somebody in some way?
1: And yeah, exactly. Uh, you yeah. may
0: think it is. In, and in the moment, you're like, that's the best idea I've had in yonks. But then when you yeah. really think about it, you're like, there's already better things out there and I'm not that interested. I don't have the time. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think it's great to have those ideas. If you're one of those people who always has those ideas, that's awesome. But then it goes the yeah. other way as well. Do you just have these ideas and not do anything about those ideas? Um, mm. I think that was my problem a while ago. Like, oh, I'd have an idea and I wouldn't even I wouldn't even think about does it solve anything. I'd just make it or I'd do it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, that was a, a lot of work and a lot of money in it. No one's actually using it. But what I'm finding now, and this is a good point, I made all these different things back in the day that – no one liked or they didn't go very well. But now I'm finding different aspects of each one are actually coming in handy with new things Mm. I'm releasing. So nothing you ever create is wasted, if that makes sense. You always find a way to incorporate it. like, oh, that was a great idea back then. Now I can use it now because your audience might grow or something like that. But if you are starting out, it probably is an important thing just to make sure that what problem are you solving? I I think that is a really good one.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What? So, what is that? You know, itch that someone's trying to scratch and they can't reach it. You know, and they need a back scratcher. Like, so your product is the back scratcher. So, what? Uh, yeah, thinking about not just what you would like to make or what you think would be cool or what you see other people making. It's really thinking about like who's this person. Uh, it might be a problem that you have that you would like to solve that you know other people have the same problem. It might be that. But it might not, it might be something that um is not an issue for you, but you see, you know, a bunch of your clients having this issue or something like that. Uh and then it's really with that, it's like is that problem, you know, quite painful for them? Not physically painful, but emotionally painful. Uh, you know, because that will be the thing that determines whether they'll spend money to fix it or whether they'll be like, uh, it's a problem, but I kinda, you know, I'll deal with it and and like you know, I'm not actually going to like throw any money at this to try and fix it.
0: Yeah, great point. And I think even if you don't, and, and a lot of people that are listening are lucky, they've already got an audience. Um, my first ever product I released, Kyle, was an app because it, it was something that I thought would save me time. And I thought if that's yeah. going to save me time, then it might help other people. Um, yeah. And from doing that, then I figured out who my audience would be um mm-hmm. so i think that's one of the hardest things i know we're going to talk about building an audience it's hard to know what your audience is sometimes and who that might be and so that's where sometimes if you if there's something that's the bane of your existence or that is causing a lot of issues and you know i could do something to fix this problem i help myself um it might actually help others and i so that's another sort of thing to sort of think about as well that if there's something in your life that you are sick of doing and there could be a solution to make it better on yourself, then that could be something you try and solve as well. And that's what I did with my first app, Class Break, because I was sick of being in London carrying around a big bag of games and workbooks. <laughs> so I thought, why don't I just put them in an app that is really easy to use? And um, yeah. yeah, so there's, I suppose there's different ways of validating it. Is it going to solve a problem for someone else or is it going to solve a problem for you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Awesome, yeah. I think those ones that solve a problem for ourselves, they are a good place to start because we really understand the problem. And certainly mm. with creating like the bootcamp ideas website and products and stuff like that, it was really what would what do I want? Yes, yeah, so you um, do the same. trainer and and go from there. Okay, uh, so that's that's step one. What's so the problem you're trying to solve? Before we
0: before we go on to that with this uh, next step, we both didn't really do this when we started out, did we? Like yeah. I know we started small, but we created something. I, I suppose we did. We tested the water. I did. I, yeah. 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 For, I, I suppose that's a good point.
1: Yeah, It is hmm. different. Uh, yeah, we can talk about yeah. different ways. Sorry, I cut you off. So, I just <laughs> <laughs> excited. Step two and step three kind of happen simultaneously, but we'll we'll break them into separate uh, steps. So step two is. Create a test product. Uh, so this is really, yeah, again, finding that problem. What's like a really simple way to solve the problem that you want to solve. So again, often with ideas, we come up with these huge ideas, like fully fledged built out membership site and app and all this stuff. And the costs on that is prohibitive. And not only that, if you go and invest, you do invest that money in this product. Uh, you then might quickly find that no one likes it. So the goal of creating a test product is really to see is will people, um, you know, you might, this might be something you give away for free, but will someone even give me their email address in exchange for this product? If yes, then you have found something that, um, that is a problem that people are wanting solved. So that's really about what a test product is. Um
0: well, even, and, and an, another yeah. thing is even not even to get an email, like um, a lot of our workouts have been recorded these days. So um, one of the best things that I would recommend that I've done when I started doing my virtual PT boot camps is I would cut, I would have the full 45 minute boot camp, and then I would cut because I'm, as we talk about, when we used to do our trainers tribe workshops that break each session into four parts. So you, so I'd break each part into the four parts and then I've got four different activities. So why not yeah. start releasing one of them a day or a week on YouTube and start seeing if it builds up your downloads, your subscribers, um, your views, you know, and start sharing that on your platforms. And if people like that, that's a that's going to validate your idea, your type of workout, and it's going to build when we're going to talk about the next point, but it's going to yeah. build your audience. So when you do put them all together or whatever, then you've got someone that already likes it and wants to buy it. And I suppose... That's the great thing about it. There's so many tools and platforms out there now, Cole. that you can test it for free. Like you've already, mm-hmm. if you've been doing online stuff, you've already got those recordings. Very easy to um, go on Fiverr. I'd recommend this, the website Fiverr. Get a video intro. It looks a little bit cool. Um, and you can get like an intro pack. You get five for $5 or something like that. Edit, edit each part up and release it, you know, and that's marketing, it's branding, but it's also validating what you want to create in the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, I like the idea of using you know, workouts for this. Um, you know, when you started as a trainer, you probably ran sessions like pay as you go type sessions so people could go and that gave you a chance to like try things out, it gave your clients a chance to try things out. They weren't committing for like 12 weeks or 12 months up front. Uh, so the same thing here. It's like how can you test things out Um, quickly. And so a good way is pretty much everyone has Word or everyone can get access to Google Docs. Um, You can create a document of, you know, maybe written or or a video. Um, But yeah, document, save as PDF and suddenly you've got a PDF. Yeah. Uh, It doesn't need to be fancy. Again, this is a test product. So it's about creating something small that will solve the person's problem. Uh, It's okay if you leave things out. You know, it's okay if you don't go into every aspect in detail. That's kind of the point of this is to find out what questions will people have after reading this. They'll be like, oh, this has been great. You know, it's solved my product problem uh, or it's solving my problem, but I need more information on here. What do you mean by this? Or you, we may think those questions are bad because we're used to being... We're used to school where you have to submit something and get an A. And if the teacher's written questions all over your your assignment... That's bad, yeah, bad. Um,
0: but it shouldn't be. Business like is that. the opposite.
1: Yes. Business is the opposite. Business, you want people to ask people. You, you want people to ask you questions, so you want that feedback. You want that engagement because uh, that's going to help you work out what's going to be the best um, end product, which we'll talk about in a couple more steps.
0: Mm, and and I think also with that, and I like how you're going with the document side of things because one thing I found Kyle is that doing workouts online is different to build engagement for participants and doing it in person um, and so to get validation mm. again is another great way break up your workouts and and see which videos get the most downloads or the most views because then you might yep. be like oh people don't like a, a traditional Tabata workout they like using dice they like using cards and that's what I found that People can go on anybody's YouTube channel and, and do a traditional circuit. You know what I mean? Like, whereas if you can make it engaging and fun where you incorporate other people, that validated for me what I was trying to achieve. And I'm like, okay, so with my sessions, I only focused mainly on using game based sort of things and dice and cards were great, Cole. But I wouldn't have known that if I had a, mm-hmm. I, without getting that validation from what videos had the most views or comments or shares. And, and that's, that's again, figuring out starting small without releasing this huge product. Like we said before, I didn't know what that product would be until you start doing it and finding out what you like as well, because if you're having fun doing it, then other people are going to love it as well. If they enjoy that. And again, that's about what we're going to go into next building that audience Kyle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you're happy to go to that next one.
0: Yeah, I am. I am. And I know. I know we've spoken about this a lot and I think the reason we've spoken <laughs> about it a lot because it is crucial. That's yeah. essentially what has allowed us to do what we do, building an email list, building a following, building a brand yeah. around that audience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So step three is is build an audience. So there's no point creating, going out, spending lots of money, creating, building a product and then trying to find people to sell it to afterwards. That is just, you know, like that kind of was like the way people used to do business. You know, in the old way of creating, people would create physical products, spend a ton getting, you know, the first thousand physical products created. And then they had to go out and and sell it or go, you know, on a TV show now like Dragon's Den or, you know, stuff like that, (laughs) where, you know, to 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 try and get investors. (laughs) It's like, don't worry about investors. Like just take a few minutes at the start to establish your, you know, an audience and go from there. Uh, and we'll talk. I just, I just made a connection. So I'll, um, so I'll mention it. So like I said, step two is step three can happen at the same time. And you can actually use your test product as a way to build your audience. Uh, so, uh, like we talked about building an email list. So people maybe have to, have to give you their email list, their email address in in order for you to um, send them the product. Uh, or it might be that you're giving away a series for free on YouTube or even like Instagram. Even it might just be like a daily one-minute... In- you, you break down whatever the thing is you're trying to fix, break it into one-minute videos that you can just put on Instagram. People can follow you on Instagram or they can also sign up with their email address and then you'll email them to remind them because, you know, they're not always going to see everything you post. So that way you can email them and they get it in more of a structured format. So that's some ways that you can sort of give things away from free, test out your idea and also build an audience because you're giving value to people. And that's why people are going to follow you on Instagram or they're going to sign up to your email list or they're going to buy your product it's because they feel like they're getting some value from you.
0: Yeah. And I think if you, if you don't, everybody understands that, but if you go to like bootcamp ideas or energetic education or any of our sites, there are options for people to sign up, become part of our community Mm -hmm. to, you know, get a free product. And while we do that, it's giving something away, but then also we want them, people can unsubscribe. And it's like, they can unfollow you on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, but you want to give them value. You want them to buy into what you're about. And then they want to get updates on everything you do in the future, and it 's not about just selling to them it 's about so for example, Kyle, we release podcasts each week, we release newsletters, we give away free yeah. games, we give away evidence of research of what we 're doing all right, and you build that following, so then you get these people when you do actually release something, people want to buy it because they like everything else you do and that's yeah that's and like i 'm going to use that example at the start. I just made this app because I thought the class break when i started i didn't have i didn't even use social media for anything i'm like how am i gonna sell this and i remember posting it and like only my friends and family downloaded it and then i had to make mm-hmm. it free and then i use that as a way to build an audience because i didn't know any of this like yeah. who's gonna if you've got the best product who's gonna buy it or who's gonna download it or who's gonna want it if they don't know who you are um yeah, so yeah. that's where step three you know like even if you've figured out a problem, if you don't have an audience, then yeah. you know you should just be doing that anyway. And the best thing about it, what we do is each time you get an inquiry, add them to your list. Each time you get a new member, add them to a list. Keep upskilling them, adding value to them, helping them. That is how you build your community, your online presence.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, and I find that like when I'm just browsing a website, uh, the internet these days, uh, I'll come across someone's website or maybe someone's recommended someone to me I'll come to their website or their social media and I'm quickly looking for to see if this is a person I want to learn from so I'm I, I, when I go to someone's website I'm usually looking for can I you know is there a PDF I can download is there an email series I can sign up for is there you know if I'm on their social media is there like a video I can watch to, what what's in their the link in their bio so I, I'm like quickly trying to do research to decide is there someone I want to learn from? Is this someone who thinks similar to me? So, so, you know, like who has the same business ethics and things like that, um, or the same attitude towards fitness and things like that. So that's really important. I think, I think I'm not alone in doing that. Um, so you want to make it really obvious having a test product, uh, is a really good way to also like tell people what you're about, what your mission is, what you're trying to help people f- solve. Uh, without, yes, yeah, spending boatloads of money, because uh, I don't want I don't want to sign up for someone's three hundred dollar course as soon as I've gone to their website. Yeah, of course not. I want to sign up with an email address or something like that, or read a couple of blog posts or or watch a couple of videos to be like, hey, is this person for me? So, uh, having that stuff is really important. Yeah, don't skip to the end straight yeah. away.
0: And it's like meeting somebody for the first time and this is unfortunate, but we do judge people. We do make impressions and it's exactly the same online. People will judge you. They're not going to buy something straight away. And if they do, it's probably because you've built presence or you've built a connection with somebody else that has recommended you. And that's essentially when you think about your bootcamp, how do you get a lot of word of mouth referrals? Because you've built a connection with a client and then they tell a friend. That's exactly the same online, but... I guess the thing online is that they don't have the opportunity to meet you or meet you face to face. So then it's actually a lot harder yeah. to build that connection. Mm-hmm. And that's where um, having, you know, been constant, and I know we're going to talk about this, but, um, you know, if you release a weekly podcast, you release a weekly podcast. If you release a weekly newsletter, you don't do it every second week. Um, you've got to be consistent with these things. And particularly online now, people, That's what people need. They need to see you. They need to know that you'll keep showing up for them and providing value and helping them out. And um, that is how you build that online audience.
1: All right. Uh, Yeah, we'll link to... We've talked about this stuff before, audience and community. So, I'll link to a few podcast episodes in the show notes if you want to listen to some of them.
0: We've done plenty of them. People are like, shut up. (laughs) Stop stop talking to an (laughs) email list. Step four.
1: So step four is uh, picking a platform and creating your product. So this is now going to look more like your end uh, product. Um, actually, let's let's add creating. So we'll put creating at the last step. Let's just talk about picking a platform here, um, and then we'll talk about creating the product last. Okay, because because picking a platform, there are s- So, So by platform, I mean website, app, but then there's like literally countless different options of creating an online membership or delivering courses, even hosting videos, stuff like that. There's so many choices now. Back in the day, it was like one choice. Everyone just used the same thing. And now there's so many companies out there buying. Uh, And then not to mention apps, you know, apps, it's like, you'll talk more about this, but the research I've done is like, yeah, I can pay a lot of money, have someone do it, or there's like these builder yourself type apps apps <laughs> now that are out there that you can use too. Um, yeah, so oh, uh, yes. I know apps is one people talk about a bit. So do you want yeah, to? Yeah, I can definitely talk about that.
0: Yeah, I can. I I'm really proud of the apps that i've built and it's they haven't made me don't get me wrong they've made me money but what it's they've allowed me to do is build my sort of status and my profile in sort of the education and fitness industry with the different apps that i've designed around those so if you're thinking about making an app and it's going to make you millions then without an audience or you think how many apps are out there like realistically you're not going to you're not going to be able to retire off an app. And what I've found from those, calls is that uh, they're, <laughs> they're very expensive. Um, and the more features you want to add to an app, it just becomes very, very expensive. And I know at one stage I had about 35 apps um, and they range from so many different things. And what I found was that every time Apple or Google uh, release a new update, you have to update your apps. And that doesn't mean just downloading a plugin for a membership site or a web website you physically have to get a developer to update those for you and oh the cost of doing that way outlays the money coming in and that, that's what i found so i think now i've got about eight or ten apps i can't even remember off the top of my head and the reason being is i got rid of all the other ones that didn't add value to what i was trying to create and the ones I've got there now actually complement my websites, my messages, my workshops, my boot camps, and they all have a and and a benefit. So there's either ones that you know are promoting my business. Uh, I've got my business name on it, or other ones that I refer back to when I'm presenting, and then people can go and get those. So um, yeah, I, I don't even really know if I answered that well, but why I've reduced so many of them is because the financial cost of getting them set up and then constantly getting them updated to make sure that they apply to the regulations on Google and iTunes. Uh, it's, it's mm. crazy. And unfortunately I can't code. I don't have any idea. I'd, I remember when I was first making call that they'd send me these terms and I, I I'm dealing with developers and I wouldn't have a clue. So I'd Google what it meant. I'm like, Oh yeah. yeah. And you figure <laughs> things out, but I've got no idea. I've got no idea how to update an app. And, that's where I've found using platforms like websites to host my, um, you know, content, uh, particularly yeah. like, and and with your boot craft and my fitness game zone, the way you can design those now is so you can use it on a mobile and they're mobile friendly. So essentially it looks like yeah. an app anyway. And um, it's just, it's such a cheap way that it, to design one in the long run and build it, It's probably the same value I've found or the same cost, but, the update and the maintenance, oh, it's just yeah. not, it's non-comparable. So um, if people are thinking about an app, don't get me wrong, there's fantastic yeah. ones out there, but if you want to make a ch- simple change or an update to it, you can't just physically do that yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas with our membership sites, if if you add a new game or a new course or anything, I can do that myself. I don't have to pay someone mm-hmm. to do that. And I am mm-hmm. i don't have near the IT skills that you do, Kyle. So, um For me to be able to run a membership site, I need to make sure that I can change things when I want because it costs too much money if you're constantly paying a developer to do that. So I don't know if I answered that. I I spoke around in roundabouts and stuff like that. But apps are cool. You see them. They sound really cool when you've got an app. But if you're thinking about making a lot of money off one, then yeah, without a truckload of an audience, it's just physically not going to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And as you're saying, I'm thinking about like the really good apps out there. Like my banking app is really good.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Imagine how much that Facebook, costs, so. Facebook Imagine is a how great much app. There
1: there are, yeah, they they're oh. either outsourcing to a big thing or somewhere like Facebook. They've got teams on teams on teams on teams developing that app.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I think that's what you need to realize as well: is if you create an app yourself, it's not going to be like the apps you probably use and love, just because. You don't have the money, but the way web development's gone, you can create a membership site that looks really flash yourself. Flash, old school word there, Ooh, but you I, can, I like flash. and um, and you can update it. And yeah, the back end is like you know, is is it either easy for you to keep up to date, or if you use a different platform, they'll keep all that stuff up to date. You don't even have to worry about it. So yeah, and it uh, that's. It is- and it is a tough yeah. one.
0: Yeah, like it is a tough one. And with apps, you get like a source code. And for yeah. a few of my first apps, I forgot where I misplaced them and then I lost contact with my oh, developer. Mate. And when you lose the source code, you can't update your apps. So I oh, lost mate. a heap of apps. And then like and you'll find if you if you just go onto iTunes or Google Play and just type in Dale Sybottom, you'll see the apps I've got on there now. A couple of my best ones need updating, but I don't I can't warrant spending the money on them. So they don't actually fit the new iPhone correctly. Like, and, and this is the thing, like, it's not just like a website that will update it automatically for you, that yeah. you have to physically pay someone and that's not a developer. Then you have to get a graphic designer to change the graphic specs and then give them to your developer to update them. So I hope I'm not turning people off an app, but I just want to <laughs> explain, like, I still love the apps and it's really cool to be able to say, go and get this off the app yep. store or things like that. But yeah, like it. It there's a there's a lot of work involved and a lot of a lot of money if you can't physically do it yourself.
1: Yeah. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about web platforms. So we both use WordPress, which powers more than a quarter of the internet. Um, so it's a very stable platform. Uh, it's open source, which means it's free. But um, it's so it's the kind of thing it's like Lego where.
0: <laughs> a good WordPress is free,
1: but everything <laughs> else you sort of like build on top of it. So you will pay for what they call plugins, which are um, tools that will help you create a membership site or help you change the look of your site or uh, help you take payments and things like that. Uh, so that's, that's really worth knowing. Um, and so WordPress gives you a lot more options, but it's more involved like it's going to take more work on your your end or you're going to have to pay someone to set it up. But you should be able to pay someone to just to set it up once and then you can take over and keep yes. it up to date yourself.
0: That's that's the difference, Kyle, between an app. And that's why I will only really use membership WordPress from now on because, yes, it may cost a bit at the start, but then you don't have that regular reoccurring payment to, for someone else yep. to update it for you. I know how to use it myself. And I think... If you're not tech savvy, that's a really important point you just made there, mate.
1: Yeah. Cool. Uh, the, yeah, there's, there's different membership plugins you can get. Like I use one called Memberful for Bootcraft. You, do you use Memberpress? I, is that what you uh,
0: use? No. I, so I use a thing called WP Fusion. Um, okay. And that links. So this is getting a bit technical now, but then that links to your checkout cart. Um uh, And then it links, um, uh, I use Thrivecast.
1: Thrivecast, that's it.
0: And then that links to your, um, and I use MailerLite now for just my fitness game zone. um, And that gives them a tag and that's how they can then access different areas of the site. So uh, as you can probably tell, this is all getting, there's a lot of different features and (laughs) add-ons. and um, Yeah, but the, the good thing is, Kyle, there's a lot of options out there. So we both run a very similar site. Um, and we use completely different plugins and like different services, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so if that sounds exciting to you, like, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> if that's like, if the idea of that is like, because when oh, I started out with it was it was exciting to me. So, um, so I thought that I just scares me. That, that scares but me. If, mate. That, <laughs> if that doesn't excite you then leave it alone <laughs> uh so what there is now is which what wasn't like we're both on wordpress because when we started that was kind of the way you had to do it you had to like hack together all these different um tools to create a membership platform and now there are services like uh teachable which is a platform for hosting your online uh courses uh kajabi which is like does your online courses but also does uh, like your email list and Ooh. they they have an app so people can download the Kajabi app and log in and they can then access all of your um, that's cool all of your content so that's like a cool way to get a really well you know maintained app um, that works really well uh, I just thought. On that lane is um, Patreon. If you just want something very simple, Patreon's been around for quite a while now. And uh, the way a lot of artists use this um, and podcasters and things like that, because people pay every time you release a new piece of content and you can have different tiers. So if you've ever visited like the Kickstarter website or sometimes GoFundMe and stuff like that, have these sort of tiers where you get things in exchange for what you submit. Or what you pay. So, for example, you could set it up that people pay, you know, three dollars every time you drop a new workout, and they they they'll that's all delivered. Again, there's an app that comes with this that doesn't have a search feature, which I think is lame. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can yeah you can provide uh, content through that, and you can have yeah different tiers. So maybe some people just get the workouts, and then some people will get like recipes as well. You could do that all through their platform, so you don't need a website for this. Uh, They take a percentage of each payment, I believe. Uh, And then there's Podia, which is also another course hosting platform. It's much more affordable. It'll also manage your email list for you, um, sort of put it all into one. You can set up autoresponders, things like that. Uh, That's one I've been using lately to deliver eBooks and yeah, just experimenting with with that. And yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good platform. Um, you could probably get away without having a website with it too uh, as it like hosts your sales pages and things like that, product pages. So uh, there's some ones that I've either used or know people who've used who've had good experiences with them. If you want something that you don't need to learn about coding or anything like that,
0: and I think like you just said with a few of those that they update everything for you. So like with Kadabi and things like that, you do have the app option, and but they will update it for you. You don't need yeah, to exactly. do any of this. And um, yeah. I think that's what it used to scare me off at the start with these dear products. I'm like, oh, that's too expensive. But yeah. now that I've done all of this and I've built apps and I've got membership sites and for example, the Fitness Game Zone, I just had it built for the fourth time. And this time I spent a lot of money because the first three times I did it cheap because I didn't really know what I was doing and I wanted to save money. But the amount of time it's took and cost now, building something <laughs> four times instead of just doing it correct the first time, you get what mm. you pay for. And yeah. I, I, I wish I had to listen to people at the start. Um, yeah. Like the, the big outlay at the start probably sounds extravagant, but you'll end up saving time, money, hassle, stress, all these things. that, uh, and, and the worst thing is I couldn't control any of it. I didn't know what to do. See, again, you're paying someone to do it because it's not like running yeah. a boot camp. I know exactly what to do. That's my domain. I crush yeah, that yeah. like all our listeners do. But I didn't understand any of this stuff these people had set up. So then you'd start again. I'm like, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> uh, so there's so many options you've just given there, Kyle, that they will actually do it all for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it is maybe more expensive than like hacking together a bunch of free tools, but you'll be at <laughs> the difference will be in, in the way it looks. So, it um,
0: flash, as you said before, yeah. flash.
1: Yes, flash. <laughs> Your website will look flash. <laughs> yeah, so make sure, yeah, and we'll talk a bit about this with the pricing, but you know, obviously, even though this platform will cost you money. Hopefully, you're selling enough courses, memberships, whatever it is you want to sell, that it'll cover the cost of that pretty quickly. And you can still be like in positive cash flow. Uh, yeah, so I'm glad you mentioned that. that was another thing I was going to say It's like, you get what you pay for. All right, <laughs> let's, you do, let's go on to mm. the last step, which is step number five. So, this is creating, picked, you know, you've, so we'll go back through. So, step one, you worked out what problems you wanted to solve. You created step two, a test product to see if you could solve that. Step three, you started working on building an audience. Step four, you researched a platform that you need to host um, what you want to create. Uh, And you picked one. And then step five is creating your product and then, you know, launching it to the world. So I've got a few, I've got, You go. Four different things I want to talk about. Go for it.
0: And then I can feed off you.
1: Yeah, let's talk about pricing first because I know that's a question that comes up a lot. So I just want to mention with pricing is about value. Again, we're talking about creating something that has value to someone. So it solves a problem for them. It provides a service. That's another way to think of it. This might not solve a problem for them once, but solve an ongoing problem by being a service. Um, So maybe it's yeah, like recipes and things like that. Uh, You know, like uh, HelloFresh and all these things out there, that's a service that solves an ongoing problem, which is like, what on earth am I going to cook this week? (laughs) I hate going to the grocery store. Uh, So, they, you know, they solve that. So, yeah, that's another way to think about your your solving a problem as well. It's like solving when it's ongoing because then people have to keep paying you as well to get it solved. Um. I shouldn't say have to because they want to pay So, well, they, that's what like I want you to service. think about with your-
0: They like they like the service. Like, we get HelloFresh at the moment because yeah. um, my wife hates going to the supermarket and she doesn't want to think. They rock up with yeah. the perfect portion, uh, all the <laughs> ingredients you need. You don't need to yeah. weigh, measure, or anything. It's already there. Yeah. And then you cook it up and it's always a nice meal. And it's something different that mm-hmm. we wouldn't have. So, John, you know they, they're, they're helping us big time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you're happy to keep paying for that. Correct. Um, and it's, I mean, it's it's reasonably affordable, I guess, when you work it out per meal. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what you want to think about with your pricing is what's the value that you're creating for someone rather than what does it cost me to make this? So just in the same way that, you know, if you have five people turn up for a boot camp session, it's pretty much going to cost you the same amount of time and effort that it would have to have 15 people turn up. But with five people, you're making, you know, 50 to 70 bucks. And with 15 people, you're making 200 to 300 bucks in that hour. Um, You haven't provided any more value. But uh, because, uh, yeah, I guess I've talked about (laughs) the pricing. So that's also the thing with the online websites is that you got to think about that, like, once you've got it set up, um, it's going to keep making you money over time with, with less effort, uh, so thinking about your pricing, thinking about the value it's creating for the person, um, and then also understanding your audience. I know I've experimented with a lot of different price points, so doing like high-end price stuff to like low-end price stuff. I know for trainers, a lot of trainers, group fitness trainers, are bootstrapped, so that means that they are operating on very minimal costs because. You know, to start with, there's not a lot of money coming in most trainers. That's what they do. So I know with my products, I don't price them super high because I know a lot of. The trainers that are buying my products aren't operating on super high, you know, profit margins. So, um, so that's why with like something like bootcraft. I picked something that could scale that I can get hundreds of people in for the same effort that it would have to have 10 people in, but I can provide it at a lower price that is affordable to people ongoing and that they can keep affording ongoing. Um That's what I picked there uh, through much trial and error. So yeah, I've talked a lot about pricing. Do you have anything to say about pricing down? No,
0: no, I, I think it's all relevant and really it comes down to knowing your audience again. So, um, and, and that's the thing with any of this stuff, like you're not going to get it right the first time. And I've been exactly yep. the same, like with fitness Game Zone, like, what do I charge? What do I charge different packages? Um, and it's all trial and error. And again, it's figuring out, you know, what's adding great value for your audience um, as well as that what's not undercutting or underselling or undervaluing your time, yeah. effort, and expertise. And I yeah, think again, yeah. that's something that perceived value call that people will think, oh, yeah. I'll just give it away for free and it'll be good. But if people yeah. don't pay for something, they don't value it. So then you're not valuing yourself because, oh, it didn't cost me anything to make. And I used to say this all the time. Oh, but it didn't cost me anything to make. And then Jared, my mentor, would go, Dale, so what? It didn't take up any of your time. I said, yeah, but that's just my time. He said, mate, you're undervaluing yourself. Why would anyone else want to ever pay for anything when you give it away for free? You don't value yourself, so why should anyone else? And that was the hardest thing for me to ever change going from yeah. valuing my time and expertise. Um yeah. I and I if people are listening and they're struggling with it, don't worry. Like I, I we've all have you had that call? Like when you started out, like it I just I don't know uh, yeah
1: like low, low cost stuff. Yeah. Um super low. And then so my yeah I think I talked about last episode or the episode before that my first ebook was twenty nine dollars when it came out. And then a few. Couple of years later, I released another ebook, way more specific. So I was solving a much more specific problem on tires and ropes, and that cost a hundred dollars. So the amount of time and effort that it took me to make each ebook was was probably about the same. In fact, the first one probably took longer because it was my first book, um, and the second one took less time, but um, I sold it for more because I recognized that this was something people really wanted help with and it sold really well as well. So, um, yeah, thinking about with your pricing. Um, I mean, oh, this there's a lot, we could talk about pricing. One other tip with pricing, one thing to think about is say, you're going to start a membership for workouts. You want to provide online workouts still. And you think oh, I'll charge something cheap, $9 a month, dirt, dirt cheap. Um, great. But, what is the actual difference between nine and $19? It's not really, it's not very much. And in people's minds, that's not a huge jump. $9 a month is affordable. $19 a month is also affordable. Uh, but at $19 a month, you're making twice as much money, which that means you have twice as much money to put back into your product, to make it a better product, to hire people, to help you, to hire people, to help you with make better quality videos, to do all these things. So, um, and then what about going from 19 to $49 a month? Like, that's not a huge jump again for the person paying, but now you've got $30 extra. Now you're making five times as much as the $9 a month per person. And just think of how much better quality your product can be because of that money you're making. So yeah, don't be afraid to push your prices up. Maybe like do a bit of an intro price, uh, but then yeah, set it at something that's, actually going to be worth your time as well. Mm,
0: so true. And and like you said, the the more you can charge, you are probably going to be if you you're probably you're going to be still doing your online uh so your face-to-face stuff as well. So any money you're building through this, and this is what I was able to do, and I know you did as well, Cole, yeah. that any money I made online, I invested it back in on products, on services. So like now, when I record, I've got the best wireless mics I can get. I've got a fantastic Canon camera. I've got really good lighting. All right, so mm. that my my lighting, my sound is top notch. Um, when I started yeah. out, though, I was using a GoPro with no mic, and yeah, do you know what? Like I look back over the videos now, and they're crap, but they still work. You know what I mean? Like, don't get caught up on the quality either because no one might yeah, like yeah. it as well and i think that comes but there's all these different things i think just to getting started and just doing something yeah um yeah even if you recorded all of your sessions through the camera on your computer while you're doing zoom yep. that is okay that is fine do you know what i mean like if people can still listen and see you um then that's all you need but as you said that The more you do this, the better you'll get, and the the higher product you'll be able to offer when you start making money and investing back in yourself. So, yeah, there's so many things to take into account, and only you'll know what your value is or the right price. But don't be scared to ask for money, or just don't charge undervalue yourself. That's something that was very hard for me to figure out. But once I started doing that, I actually had a big impact, and um, I was rewarding myself. I was wanting to work harder because. I was seeing money coming in, whereas previously I was slaving away and I was undervaluing myself and, and so was everyone else because I was giving it away.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's crucial. Um, okay, so we're running out of time. So I just got a couple more things to share that, that'll go well with this. So the terms are the minimum viable product and minimal viable audience. So you create a test product but it's still not time yet when you create and launch your course thing to create the full version of your idea. You still want to create what you want to create. is called a minimum viable product. So it's like, what is the most basic stripped down strip all the features off version? So like you said, like filming with a GoPro camera, you might think, Oh yeah, I need to get all these mics and things like this now. No, uh, work out what is the most basic version of the thing you want to deliver. Uh, take away any, features that are going to be really expensive or outside of your skill set to create that you already have. And that should be sort of your product version 1.0. Uh, so don't try and create your 65 inch. Uh, it's not, what's the, what's the <laughs> 4k about TV, <laughs> TV right now. OLED. Don't try and create that <laughs> from the start. You need to start with the, for those who are older, the CRT, the cathode ray <laughs> tube tv so you need to start there with a the real basic with old tech old, maybe older technology that you can afford to use and things like that and focus on creating great content um, and then the other one i don't think i mentioned there was minimum viable audience so just like with creating the simplest version of the product what's the smallest number of people you need to make this product viable Uh, And if you can check both of these things off, if you can get people to sign up for your minimum viable product with the minimum number of people, so work out what all your costs are going to be, work out what you want to make from the product. Um, It might be 10 people. It might be 100 people. And then see if you can get that number of people to sign up to your product. And that will really let you know if this idea is a good one or if at this point it's time to go back to the drawing board And do a different idea and at this point you haven't spent a lot of money you put a bit of time into it Um, but like we talked about before everything you learned doing this process you can use again on future products
0: and and with that audience i can guarantee if i went back over from when i started and look at my boot camp audience inquiries and people that come to my sessions i i would have had 200 300 emails there straight up and that's who you can start you know, sending them to. So if you haven't already done that, of all the your current and previous clients, add them to just go on MailChimp or even MailerLite. That's what I use now. I think you can get 1,000 up to your first 1,000 subscribers for free. You don't actually have to pay yeah, anything. Well, it's a really yeah. good service. Um, and start adding all of those on there, and you'll slowly start building an audience that you already had. It might just be, you know, pay if you've got a, a son or a daughter or somebody, just give them a little bit and they can go through and email, get all the emails, add them in there, and there's your audience and start working on that today. Um, yeah. Again, it's good that I brought it back to email this, Cole, but you've already got it. If, you, if you're like, if yeah. that scares you, you've already got the people. You've just got to put them into the right place now. Um, MailChimp, um, I know everyone's heard of that. It's a good platform. I actually think MailerLite's better, but there's so many out there, isn't there?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, oh, we didn't talk about that, but yeah, uh, email podcast.
0: Yeah, well, I think we've done um, three on it and I've mentioned it nearly every other one. So, sorry about that. If uh, if you haven't done it, though, do it. <laughs> um, I love all that. Is there anything else you've got on those five steps?
1: No, I was just going to say that we covered a lot in this podcast and we still kind of scraped the surface. So, But there's definitely enough here to get started. Um, and Dale and I really want to help you listening with this, if this is something you're wanting to do sort of yeah, during the pandemic and post pandemic. Uh, so we've put together a cheat sheet. So it's got all these steps in it um, and it's got a checklist so you can go through, make sure, you know, you can go through step-by-step step. Uh, and then a bunch of, you know, we'll go through, I know we listed off a lot of tools, so we'll have all the tools in there as well. Uh, so if you go to either the show notes for this episode, which the link should be in the description, wherever you're watching, listening to this podcast. Um, <laughs> the, the link should be You should, should have seen in the hand, he was, it was like doing <laughs> oh, <an> all- yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like, yeah, I'm the... <laughs> I enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, the link should be in the description or you can go to uh, trainerstribe.com. Uh, so not the trainer's tribe, just omit the the and just trainerstribe.com. And uh, you can find all the show notes there. And uh, yeah, you can pop your email in and we'll send you the um, the PDF cheat sheet. Mm.
0: And yeah, and, that's, and, and we are keen to help people with this. So stay, I suppose, go and get that checklist and sign up because there will be some exciting news coming around this very soon, won't there, mate? Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Right here. Right now I took a risk, was that time?
1: Yes, it was perfect. Ah. I feel like yes. I feel like we've really nailed that. We, we know each other better now. 12, we had a break. Is, we had a break. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it only took twelve episodes. Three months. <laughs> three This is episode twelve, so three that's months cool. back doing this. Yeah, and that's
0: I think that's again, that's a really good point for people that you if you start something, you can stop it, but then you can come back to it again. Like do you know yeah. what I mean? And, and just look at this podcast as an example that yeah. we we were very good early on and we were so passionate about it. But then after about, I think it was 30-odd episodes, we you know we had other things going on and it become a little bit hard. So we had a break and then we were like, no, yeah. know, we really enjoyed doing that. So we started again two years later. So yeah, don't think a product you create now is going to be not of use. You might find it yeah. to come back. Everything everything's usable or you've just got to start by doing something, right? Yeah. Use that as an example. So do you mind if I start this one, Kyle?
1: Yeah, go for
0: it. So at the moment, I think there's been so many studies that loneliness is at an all time high. You know, people are lacking friendships. They're lacking connections. They are, yeah, people are lonely. Like that is the number one thing. And I, I recently, so this will go out. So two weeks ago, I did a podcast with Dana Kerford, who is regarded as one of the friendship experts in the world. She runs a company called youarestrong.com. And in that episode, we talk about obviously the power of connection and friendships and different things in there. And I, I just said, Dana, do you have a couple of examples that you could give me a ways to reach out to friends that you may have and, have a meaningful conversation, Kyle. So not just how are you Ooh. because when you ask a crap question like how are you, you get the same yeah. crap response. Like, let's be honest. So good. it's asked about better questions. <laughs> yeah, good. All right. Yeah, yeah. And it's stopped. So <laughs> Just default, what, yeah. It's. It made it, if you ask the same thing, you get the same answer. All right. And so one yeah. thing she said is that reach out to a friend and ask him to send you five emojis with how they are feeling at the moment, right? And, oh, and describe cool. each emoji. And you huh. know what And what I love about this is emojis break down your mate, Brene Brown. They break down vulnerability yeah. because emoji can yeah, mean yeah. different things to different people. And instead of saying, yeah. I'm lonely, I'm scared, send that in an emoji and then yep. it, it allows you to abbreviate. So the hardest part is writing the word down or saying the word by sending yeah. an emoji, it breaks down those barriers. And I've done it with yeah, a couple of friends right. and, it's really cool, Joan and we had a really deep conversation because those emojis allowed us to. So, if you yeah, are listening, yeah. um, it's clever. Go and yeah, go on the, I think it was episode 195 of my Energetic Radio podcast. Go and listen to it; it's a really positive chat. Dana is world renowned; she's writing a book on friendship, like she is the best of the best. But if you're going to cool. do one thing from this episode, reach out to a friend and say i want to send you five emojis how i'm feeling i want you to do the same to me i thought it was really cool and it is so needed at the moment so that's my right here right now and um yeah the feedback from that call has been it's been really nice i think people have really liked it so simple but so effective
1: yeah awesome Hmm. thanks for sharing i gotta check that out too uh yeah, I was really sceptical on emojis for a long time. But then, yeah, I just sort of re- recently, like the last six months come to that sort of conclusion that it's like, oh, they actually can be really helpful because um, I think I was worried that they were replacing our ability to articulate mm. how we were feeling, you know, especially when everyone's doing the the party one where he's blowing the thing oh, yeah. all the time. or the, the whistle. The, the mistake. <laughs> um, so... I like the idea that you then have to describe it. But, yeah, it takes away some of that, that like, because it's like, oh, here's a goofy picture sort of describing how I'm feeling. Yeah, I like that. Mm. Uh, My right here right now is just uh, that the competition, I think, will be over... I should look this up before I start the recording. <laughs> uh the uh, yeah, the bootcamp ideas annual competition should be over. So before to head to bootcampideas.com and check uh who won. I don't know yet because I haven't been drawn yet. Uh check who won, give that winning workout uh, a bit of a spin, and there's like fifteen other workouts there to try as well. And um yeah. Good luck if you're listening to this and you're an entrant. I hope you Yeah,
0: I hope you there's some really good uh, prizes. I know I went through some of the prizes and um yeah, pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yes. Awesome. All right, that's me.
0: That's done. All right, mate. Well, uh I think that's a great episode. As we said, go and check out the show notes, get the PDF. Um, because Yeah, get a cheat sheet because it's a great opportunity right now. You've probably got a little bit more time, um, particularly for us yeah. in Victoria. We've just gone, our restrictions have gone back because of the pandemic. Um, so use this time to think about how you can work smarter, not harder, and have a big impact. And that's essentially what offering something online can do. It will change your yeah. life. And it, yeah. I know it has for both of us. Um and I, I think, yeah, if anything you take out of it, using Kyle and myself, we have done the hard yards for you because we've tested and tried so many products and uh, different avenues to do this. Whereas now we're in a position that we can probably help you a lot. So, yeah, go and check it out. And, um, yeah, hopefully, one thing from today is hit home and lit a, lit a light bulb in you, or for a Kyle, a shower moment.
1: That sounds a bit rude. No, you always, you're a shower guy. Let's be honest. That's when you do your best sinking. Yeah, it's true. It's water. Baths are also good. Swimming is also good. Uh, Yeah. All
0: All right, mate. Thanks for today.
1: All right. Farewell.